It's really hard. Okay, who was just breathing into the mic? (laughs) Everybody together. Earlier, I touched the mic. Like, I really did need to, like, adjust it. But I don't know if we were ready yet. But, like, I touched it and I heard, tang. And then I looked up and, and JD was, like, already just, like, (laughs) fucking <laughs> meat mugging this shit out of me from across the table like, he has like these these hand monitors on all of us as like as soon as they get close to like the proximity monitors he's he's like, just, you just like, feel that laser I'm just gonna glare. shock all of you <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Deck of Many Friends podcast. This is Sully, your DM, and last time on the Deck of Many Friends. The Godbearer stepped through the portal into Heretic's Respite, and through a bit of guile from Teladris, he's able to almost convince the Drow Guard that he's one of them. But a case chance of intuition gave him a clue into Teladris's deceit. Bitsy is able to entangle him in the moss of the cave and goes to strike out of character for the small druid and to save her the little bit of humanity or nomady (laughs) an unknown ally comes forth from the tunnel and rends the drow guard a satyr accompanied by a dark leather clad rogue Sal and Grim take the drow guard under their blades, claws and let the godbearers know their mission as they head down the tunnels of Heretic's Respite a single tunnel with a light at the end reveals itself and Grim lets them know they're there to kill a god. A god the god bears have in their pocket. And that's where we left off. Let's tell a story. Hi, this is Brian, and I play Teladris, the crazy chronomancer and newest god bearer. Hey, do you enjoy the awesome album art that comes with each episode? Then check out our Patreon where if you subscribe at the Thessal tier, you'll get a print of your favorite episode art. Now, let's get back to my brother Sully's totally regular and not at all interesting voice. Okay, guys, you are in the tunnel, and Raval is heading towards the light at the end of it, and Grim has just told you Teladris that gods can bleed. What do you do? Teladris is gonna speak up. If our plan is to kill a god, we'd best be prepared, no? For once, uh, I think your sparkly-handed friend over here is probably right. Revolt! This is the first time Grim has actually called you by your name. Yeah. Um, Raval stops and turns around. We're safe here for now. 
best get the rest you need. So Revolve kind of looked back at the at the light coming from the other room. And he'll turn back and kind of take a look at everybody and then slowly walk back. Um, as you as you as you turn, as you you've gotten like halfway down this tunnel and everything, as you turn, you feel the bag on your hip start to shift. We're trying not to very inconspicuously I think Raval will just his hands will kind of tighten around the the, the, the bands, the straps of the satchel a little bit because he knows like okay this isn't normal this isn't what this is, something's happening here and I need to make sure that it just goes kind of goes unnoticed because he doesn't want to reveal yet that he has Nerium right um from what you can tell, the group doesn't notice you adjusting the straps or anything. So he'll he'll just he'll walk back and just meet meet up with the group. Okay. So Grim looks at Koshu. How did it happen? The other two. Captain Soldier's five toes and his crew tied all of us up. Wow, Stitcher sacrificed herself in the book though I'm not sure how willing she was really it was a very walk the plank kind of moment your sailor friend tag he tried to stop it went over too can't imagine what it was like watching that happen, Koshu. And you, a little one. You were always the one to uh, show the emotion. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. At this point, it wasn't the worst thing I've seen. We've all had our nightmares now, I guess. And the eight of you here clicks of claws bounding down the hall from where you came. Can we distinguish, like, size? Go to my perception. Everybody can pile on that if you want. Hmm. 18. Uh, that's a 10 unless I have advantage. You do not. 6. 13. Grim turns his head and pulls the hood of his cloak back and shakes, shakes it can't get rid of that damn fox no matter where we go what did you just say? <laughs> the fox you saw him in the forest wait he was uh, whatever and he pulls a piece of leather out of his pouch and sits down and uh, starts polishing a a dagger at his side, and you hear the click, 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 and the <laughs> of. She runs towards it, <laughs> <laughs> and in this neon glow, you see the red-haired fox bounding down the hallway towards you, Bitsy. 
The Corgi Fox Returns. The Corgi Fox Returns. <laughs> Wait, what, what the fuck is this Corgi shit? No. <laughs> the art made him look so oh. like this Corgi Fox like mix. <laughs> Please reference episode 14 art. <laughs> Ken's reference there. But she's going to basically like tackle Ash at this point. Like, uh, and this is the, the most like beach lover like slow moment <laughs> like ever and uh, you see Ash leap into the air and into your arms. You hear take my breath away playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ash uh, licks your face and just covers you in, in, in puppy love and starts sniffing around you and you see him kind of pawing at your hand and to to try and get it up to pet him and then he stops she pets him he pulls his head back a bit like can I sniffs and then he looks back up at you and his tongue starts hanging out the side and he's happy and he looks your face again so she's pretty in tune with him. Mm-hmm. Did, what emotion did she sense when he pulled away? Confusion. Okay. It's just the hand. Just the hand. Okay. Uh, she's not going to deal with that right now. She's going to carry him back to the group. Okay. And the seven of you see Ash and Bitsy walking their way back to the small circular camp that you've created. What are you guys doing? Um, so Teladris, uh, seeing that everybody has pretty much agreed to uh, take a rest, is going to just flop down on the floor where he is and immediately start snoring. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so trusting. Raval, kind of looking at everybody, sort of separates himself a bit from the group, and he, he gives Bitsy... He looks at Bitsy and Ash and kind of gives a smile of recognition and and then he sort of just kind of separates himself from everyone just a bit, not very obviously, not like he's going off on his own to be emo, but just just enough to like separate himself from the group and he'll sit down, he'll take off his backpack, but he'll leave the satchel on him. Um, he'll pull out his journal and start writing another entry since he hasn't been able to in a little bit of time. Koshu, what are you doing? Um, I think he'll just find like a decent wall to lean against and relax. Not trancing, but... Yeah, he really doesn't need to. Okay. Um, He's going to keep an eye peeled. He doesn't really need to rest. Bitsy, you now have your long-lost fox friend. Finally. Hey, you gave him up. <laughs> I, I had to. I had no choice. Um, so she's obviously very all over him petting. Um, and now that everybody is like kind of settled in, she's going to do a little experiment with her two hands. She's going to do the hand she knows is not affected and see how he reacts. How does he react? He leans into this single hand. She's going to, like, put it in front of him to see if he'll lick it. He licks it. Then she's going to do it with the same thing with the other hand. You hear 
something you've never heard him do to you, he starts to growl. And she's just going to whisper, it's okay, it's me. Okay. Um, she's going to walk him over to uh, be by Koshu and see how he reacts to Koshu. Do you remember Koshu Ash? Those are two he names that are hard to say together. Koshu Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Ash, uh, as you set him down on the ground, he, he kind of pads over and sniffs um, the ground around Koshu and then searches for that bony hand hmm. and just gently starts to uh, gnaw on the hand a bit. <laughs> <laughs> do you let him do that? Yeah, I think he just gives him like a knowing chuckle. So he's okay with Koshu, but not with my hand. Correct. <clears throat> I think he just says uh, good to have you back, little buddy. You hear a, a slight yip, and he um, settles back into to Bitsy as um, he's gotten his daily chew. <laughs> so she's going to ask Koshu, I don't understand. He seems to be affected by my hand. And she like gives him a look like, you know which hand I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But he's not affected by you. He was never affected by you or Stitcher. Koshu, in your head, you hear. In the folks. Oh, absolutely not. It's a wise choice. <laughs> Bitsy murders us all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I'm going to resist. Where do your allegiances lie? I, I, you might even notice that he's staring at at uh, Ash for way too long. <laughs> Can I like percept anything? I think it's pretty obvious that that Koshu is almost tensed up. Koshu, what's wrong? I don't know. I'm having a bit of a moment right now. I think it's just the um, pressure. This is um I just I just spaced out Bitsy, it's okay. And he's just like desperately trying to ignore this voice. <laughs> you hear a slight chuckle. And the mask starts to loosen a bit. And no more voices. Oh. Oh You have passed. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember that. <laughs> um, so seeing him snapped out of it, she's um She's going to ask, are you okay to watch while, if I, if I sleep? Yeah, I'll keep an eye on things. Okay, so Bitsy is going to, like, lay down next to him and cuddle up with the ash. Okay. Keeping her good hand, or the bad hand behind her head so Mm -hmm. he can be comfortable. Koshu, Grim, sort of waddles his way over to you just in and sits down Koshu 
What is this? Mission you're on. Oh, God. <clears throat> Ken, as a person, is awful at lying. <laughs> so Koshu is going to RP horribly. <laughs> but, uh, hmm. But that's what dice are for, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, Grim, it's the same one we've been on from the beginning. It's a bit incredible that our two paths have lined up as they have. Yeah, I uh, generally don't know anybody for this long. Besides Sal. Yeah, I only knew my brother for this long until these misfits I understand where you're coming from kind of makes me wonder whether or not us coming here out of nowhere meeting you guys some kind of fate I'm not much of a believer in any particular god but I have become more in touch with these things as we've been involved in these gods and uh, maybe you're calling us being pawns fate but I for one don't particularly feel in control never been a big fan of the whole destiny thing either like to think then uh I'm in charge but I ended up here three less than I started doesn't seem right doesn't seem like it's in my control anymore so, that's why I'm here to end this. Revol, okay. Seems a bit off. Well, Revol has his moods. He's probably just trying to figure out what to write in his journal so that he sounds super smart. Yeah. Fucking books. <laughs> Get some rest, Koshu. Tomorrow I'll kill a god. I I'm very interested in taking control back. So am I. And he leans over and rests his head against a rock. You don't see him ever close his eyes. But he does sort of zone out a bit. <laughs> Everybody else wanna go sleepy part? What's your yeah, what's your right in Very asleep. Revol, uh you you're the only one actively awake at this point, right? right. And you're yeah, he's he's kind of done writing and reflecting on on what's happening. Um, he's going to put his journal away and then sort of lean back to get comfortable, leaving the satchel still attached to him and uh, use his backpack as a pillow and um, go to sleep. Oddly enough, in the tunnels of a hostile city you rest soundly Teladris you're woken by 
the boot of Grim. Alright, Sparkles. Time to get going. Oh, thanks, Honey Bunch. <laughs> and he walks off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Teledris will uh, stand up and pretty much be ready to go from there. Right, Koshi will too. Somebody wake us up. Nope. Grim, Grim is, <laughs> Grim is uh, making his rounds, but if there's something that ha- needs to happen between the time that you wake up. Oh, no, I was just wondering if anybody woke up. Yeah, me Grim up. is going around kind of shaking everybody awake. Yeah, Reval just wakes up. Feeling better. Not quite. Hope you bring your hay game. Reval gives him a, that one nod and then stands up and gathers his backpack making sure everything he has making sure he has everything and then kind of ready himself as everybody kind of gathers themselves and and looks down the tunnel you see Sal sort of silhouetted in this this bright light Um, his claws extended and and standing in that that almost wolverine pose of of, uh, readiness And Ash looks up to you, Bitsy. And you hear a small yip. Like excited? Concerned. She's going to pat his head and say, it's okay. Just stay behind me. He settles back on his haunches a bit and gets ready to follow. And Grim starts walking towards Sal and the entrance to the tunnel. Everybody follow? Yep. Let's do this. Yeah. Breaks up. <laughs> As you step through the tunnel and into the chamber, your eyes slowly adjust to that new light, and as your vision comes into focus, four drow women stand around this monolithic stone throne. It's a single piece of stone just carved intricately carved spider webs line the seat and gems likely crafted from that same uh, crystalline stone that you see uh, jutting out of the the tunnel walls are embedded in the arms and just above where the crown of that throne is in, uh, nested in that elaborate backrest they glow similarly to the, those that in, in the tunnels but behind the throne the source of that bright light um, comes into view a crystal three times the height of any of you juts out from the stone floor reaching the peak of this large chamber it's probably almost the length of that same tunnel that you just exited in in width um, and the four drow women notice as you step forth into the chamber and start to converge on the group with an extraordinary speed and grace what do you guys do? scream like a little girl because we've never fought the drow women that whooped the ass of all the drow men. 
<laughs> they seem so scary. Uh, um. So as as they start to approach, uh, you get a closer look, and they don't carry any obvious weapons, and are dressed in this like thin, wispy silk dresses. Uh, they're uh, this translucent white color that that hides no details underneath on their ebony skin, and throws modesty to the wind. Um, each of them reaches forth with a hand, with some eerily skeletal-like fingers protruding from their dark flesh, and. Go ahead and roll me perception. Everybody, actually, go ahead and pull that. 17. Nat 1. 22. You're, you're actually facing the wrong direction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped nice. to tie your shoe. Ooh, that is a nat 20. Uh, yeah, yeah. 26. Literally total. everybody but Brian. Uh, okay. Um, Not great luck today. With a closer look, the seven minus Teledris, um, the claws that they point with are like chitinous spider legs wrapped around the flesh of their fingers. And they seem to be dripping with a milky white substance. Uh, their violet eyes glaring menacingly as they approach. I think Koshu, like, uses Thieves' Cant to Grim with his... He's flicking his fingers at his sides, asking, what's the plan? Diplomacy? Or savagery? So, Grim kind of tilts his head a bit as he sees these hand motions uh, come from you, and shakes his head a bit and whispers the sun hasn't breached the horizon yet and he stands still you're supposed to be confused <laughs> Jules is like, you did like, a good job fuck? yeah okay so he just used like the spoken version of yes. Thieves Camp <clears throat> yeah and he nods and then looks back at them how many were there two Four. Oh, I picked the optimistic number, I guess. <laughs> so these four drow women seem to be converging, but in a directed, I guess, purposeful uh, gait, but not in a charging fashion, right? They're not charging to attack, but maybe from... Revol, you're you're not twenty. You you're actually able to tell that they're just getting ready to stand guard, um, and they look at you. You are Zivans, yes. Revol slowly kind of takes a step back to make sure he's sort of inside the group a mm-hmm. little bit and says about whom do you speak? Zivans with her. shit uh 
we are many things. And he's going to look over at Koshu like, we need to do something. (laughs) This isn't... As they start to approach, you see Sal start shaking almost uncontrollably. And you hear his claws start to clack together as he stands in anticipation. You see Grim shaking his head at him. And he speaks up over you, Raval. Where is she? Directed towards the four priestesses. Confidently, Raval looks at looks at the priestesses, expecting an answer. <laughs> not ready, not ready yet. And then, uh, can Raval make a perception check of the room to find out where she's supposed to go in here? If she's supposed to go in here or not? Probably the throne. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Oh, you were looking for like a statue mount or something <laughs> like somewhere. Or... Well, she's not supposed to be a statue, yeah, right? Yeah. So. Uh, the, the assumption is that that is her throne. You're right. Okay. So the priestesses respond to Grim. She was taken from us. That ugly light bearer turned her to stone. And I believe that this one has her now. And Grim turns to Revol. What is she talking about, Revol? Revol looks at the priestesses, never taking his eyes off of them. Niriam was no more taken than she had just jumped into where she is now. She attacked Machin. She attacked Restinu. What did you expect her... What, what did you expect to happen to her? You expect her to win? And then she's going to do it again, surely. We deserve our place on this surface. She, against his will, went out to take it. It was a holy charge. Is it holy to kill so many innocent lives? To murder so many people in Restinu? Was it holy for them to kill us for so many years? To make us hide in these caves? It was only her that saved us. It's only her. Not even the creator would save us. But the mother, Miriam, as you call her, took action. Now, she has returned. Yes? Before you say anything, the satchel starts to shift on your shoulder and you feel it struggling 
within the bag. And then the bag starts to rip. And Garble shrieks. And inside the bag, you hear a crack of stone. And it falls from your shoulder. And out of the opening, a single leg extends and starts to drag itself across the floor. And another leg extends out from a hole in the bottom of the bag and drag it further. And you hear that stone-on-stone grinding noise as the bag drags itself towards the throne in the center of the room. And the women shriek. And Sal jumps. And he leaps forward with all of his claws and tears the throat of the farthest right priestess from her neck and bites down into the third and you hear her gurgled call as she falls dead to the ground and the other two approach him what do you guys do? Duval looks at Grim really quickly and says we haven't been entirely honest with you but (laughs) but we knew not what we were doing until today and he grabs his scimitar and he plunges it in front of the statue to try and stay like stop its progression along the floor Mm, go ahead and roll me dex check five (laughs) (laughs) so you stab the, the the blade of the the scimitar into the bag and the force of the idol crawling with it uh, rips the bag from the blade and opens another opening and another leg sticks out and starts dragging itself towards the throne. This is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Had it could be could be the cute puppy queen. Had to be the spider queen. <laughs> <laughs> This is a nope in a bag, guys. <laughs> nope in a bag. <laughs> uh, Grim ignores what Raval says and turns to Koshu. All this time, you had her. All this time. And you hear the scream of a third priestess as she falls to Sal's claws. <laughs> so Sal's just out there wreaking havoc. Wreaking the havoc against the well, priests. Staring at this disgusting bag. And right. Grim is pissed. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Grim, I didn't know what you were doing. It's not like you were exactly forthright with us either. I'm surprised you expected anything less than at least some secrets from one of your own. You talked about being a pawn, yet you brought her home could have ended it right there we really sincerely believe that we were fixing the world we are pawns in this I am not 
pawn anymore. And he rips his cloak back and tears it from his neck and revealed behind that cloak is a large jeweled scythe. And he dismounts it from the baldrics on the back and shoves it into the ground where the bag lays and it starts to struggle to crawl towards the throne. And you see beyond that the last and final priestess cowering as Sal's bloody claws hang over her dripping with the blood of her sisters. And you hear a cackle come from Sal and he tears across her face and she falls bloody and dead. And then the carapace of those legs the the chitinous armor around the feet of Nerium start to molt and beneath that hard shell of armor the two legs extended out toward the front reveal the feet of pale human feet and the bag lifts ripping through uh, where Grim has injected his scythe and extends as milky white legs protrude from the bottom of the satchel and you see arms reaching through the hole as they lift the bag around her body and beneath the bag as it finally falls to the ground it reveals the palest skinned elf any of you have laid eyes on clad in only a loincloth she starts to move forward towards her throne her white hair almost lifting up in an unfelt breeze and she sits beautiful and terrible and lifts a hand towards Sal closes her fist and the most ungodly scream rips through his throat as he's crushed entirely by the force of her will and Grim drops to his knees drops the scythe beside him and that's where we end today's episode Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man.